0: Rock Elite, a podcast about no effects. Hi everyone, welcome to what's that? What? I can hear I can hear surf guitars mm-hmm. paving the way. Mm-hmm for several genres of pot Oh, I know what it is. It's my co-host. It's Red Kennedys. How are you doing, Red?
1: Hello, it's me. How are you, Eddie French? I haven't prepared. Uh, no,
0: no, that's fine. I haven't prepared. Um, I'm good. Thank you. I'm here with Red Redmond. Not Red Kennedys. Who would call their child Red Kennedys? Redwood. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that would mean that I'd have to change their last name. That sounds like a nightmare.
0: Oh, that's a pain in the ass just for it. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. don't do that. How are you doing, Red? I'm very
1: well, thank you. How are you, mate?
0: Good, yeah, not bad, thank you. Yes, doing, uh, doing all of uh, all of what I can to be all right. We've got a, an album review today. Mm-hmm. I say review. I, t- I say review as if we actually sort of really go deep on these things. We we talk around the album. We we use it as a springboard, but
1: we uh, yeah we talk about
0: ribs today.
1: And I'm really enjoying these album reviews as well because I feel like. Now, in particular, like we're really getting into the meat of it. Like, I'm I feel like I'm really seeing you know, no effects progress as a band album to album.
0: Yes, that's the exciting bit for me. Uh, getting into this stuff, which I uh, we're getting into more and more familiar territory the further we uh progress with these because um, there have been a couple of moments in the previous ones where I felt slightly like I've run out of things to say because I don't have such a firm relationship with those albums.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But it was nice to like listen to this one and like kind of like get to know it because this is one of the ones that I hadn't previously listened to start to finish. Yeah. But again, pleasantly surprised as I always am with these formative albums. Um, I think it's really exciting to see the band that they've become. And I think it's one of the first ones that, you know, it, it really stands up.
0: Yeah we'll get into that in the uh, in the main body of it but Absolutely. yes we're a lot more engaged with this one I think I think is the uh, the others we felt were a little bit um a little bit like a oh, well that was a nice experience but you know it was like <laughs> s- someone bought us the liberal animation experience for our birthday and like we we went and did it and go well I wouldn't do it again
1: but it was nice to be given it thanks yeah sort of like like a like a middle class mum in a free fringe audience It's exactly like that, yeah.
0: A middle-class mum going, well, you'd think it'd be sad because a family member passed away, but they came out better as a result. I really thought it was was like Bridget Jones. We are are still on with our grassroots thing. Um, We've recorded these a little bit ahead of time. So if you've been submitting uh, things for your grassroots venue or production company or promotion company or band or anything like that, and we've not mentioned them yet, that's because we get a little bit ahead of ourselves on the recording because we're terrified of not having something to put out on a Monday. So do keep them coming in. We will mention them. Yeah, mm-hmm. at com, or on Instagram you can find us at uh, punkrockelitepodcast and uh, we will share that information. You know, uh, we want to uh, help make sure that there are no effects is to be talked about in another forty years' time, and you can help us with that.
1: Any uh, new discoveries for you at uh, any point at all recently, Rad? Uh, new discoveries, as in like um, like new elements or diseases.
0: Yes, new elements. Have you found any new elements?
1: Uh, not yet, mate. I've been looking, but nothing, nothing in the garden as of yet.
0: What's your favorite element? Is it Melvarium?
1: Very good. Yes, yeah, all right. Isn't it? I've just, I've actually just, uh, I've got a new hyperfixation. All right. Um, I'm just obsessed with plants. All right. I've, I've, I'm growing vegetables in my kitchen. Uh, It's got out of hand.
0: (laughs) I mean, now I'm just imagining your kitchen is just knee deep in soil. Yeah, I mean, much much to Kate's annoyance. Yeah. (laughs) Which which ones are you which what veggie are you are you doing like micro salads and stuff
1: or yeah I'm growing salad leaves uh, no. I'm growing parsley some marjoram um, some lettuce uh, I've got a chili plant which Ooh. is very optimistic <laughs> that's okay in Sheffield <laughs>
0: no that's fine it's look, possible we, I, we grew chilies uh, last year um, uh, and that was in uh, Leeds so it's not I'm not going to say there's a great difference in those two um climates
1: yeah fair. No, no no that's it's, it's very similar we're just quite windy up here so i can't plant anything like outside like my balcony's just too windy for yeah, you are
0: quite exposed aren't you yeah no they'll be all right as long as they've got
1: direct sunlight absolutely yeah yeah so i've got them and i've got a big monstera that i love um and then kate bought a calathea without you know, Googling like what a calathea is. They're basically the most temperamental plant known to man. Oh, really? So
0: <laughs> I've,
1: I've got one next to me. It, it it only drinks distilled water, which is a nightmare. What is it, a whiskey expert? <laughs> right? And then, like, it wants sunlight, but not too direct. Oh, no, I'm going to burn. But I do still want sunlight. And you're like, where can you go? Where, where can you live? Um, I mean
0: cut your losses that is not a plant that was destined to remain was it that's
1: uh wow (laughs) Uh, but yeah that's what i've been doing just obsessed with plants well uh,
0: well, that's good oh no that's good no it's just reminding me that uh uh, my girlfriend was uh given um a a lego set by a friend but it's uh lego have started making grown-up ones uh, mm-hmm. Not just ones that only grown ups can afford, but ones aimed <laughs> at grown ups uh, in that it's a series of succulents, like sort of quite realistic looking succulents that you can make.
1: That's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're really good. Uh, super impressive. And because uh, she likes succulents, but she uh, mm. is not confident in her ability to maintain
1: them. I, I, mean, I mean, like everyone should be confident in their ability to maintain a succulent. Well, the thing know?
0: is, is that our windowsill in our bedroom. Has got all of those still very much alive succulents on them, but she still yeah. But um, but the uh, yeah the Lego ones are pretty fun. They're they're, they're worth looking at. That's um, cool. Cool. Well, um, now that we're uh, now that oh, I mean the irony of us being a couple of Doctor Green thumbs when we're recording this on uh, the twentieth of April. Um,
1: uh, yes, four twenty. Yes. Legal is it.
0: <laughs> that's, oh, uh that's weed, if- isn't it? Anyway. In fact,
1: this is on this is on topic. Um, okay, I, I think they should legalize it because yesterday I was visited by the police. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, For weed, or I, just
0: because they saw loads of?
1: No, very weed. much so. Yeah. It, it, oh wow! Really stinks <laughs> so much that I I I can't really smoke indoors anymore. I have to. I I can only vape. Right. So, um, fuck the police. Legalize it.
0: So what they 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 came and said to uh, we know you have can you knock it off please was it Basically, one of those kind of visits
1: Very much so they were very right. polite actually but like I I, I take a little bit of, obviously like I take uh, you know I I don't like it but it's just that my corridor on my f- floor sometimes smells of dog shit and cabbage but I'm not allowed to report that to the police
0: Who's smoking dog shit and cabbage
1: <laughs> <laughs> You shouldn't you shouldn't inhale
0: no, 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 no! Oh no, no! That—that's cigar, cigar, uh type for that. You know, <laughs> you're asking for trouble. You go around inhaling that. You're an insane, o not. Um, yes. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. Uh, that you were shaken down by the fuzz.
1: No, nah, it's all right. It was being dealt with. Oh, okay. As in, you said, "I'm very sorry, I'll not do it again." And they went, "Okay, thanks." <laughs> no, I just, I just didn't let them into the flat and said, "Oh, I don't know, that's very strange. I've not, not, not heard of any smoking of weed around here." I've just realised this podcast is very incriminating.
0: <laughs> I can knock that out if you like, but um,
1: <laughs> no, no, keep it in. Fuck them. Yeah. Um,
0: if, if they are that desperate to, uh, to nick you.
1: Oh the, yeah, like they fully the, deserved. If they get me on this. Fully deserved. Then they've, they've <laughs>
0: yeah. Then they've definitely done the work, and they go right. Finally, one of the <laughs> that dreadful weed epidemic that Sheffield's in. um <laughs> But yeah, well, uh, I'm glad you're uh, you're still on the outside. Um, always remember Tony Sly, and um, we'll uh, we'll dive into ribs now, where I don't think uh, any of these offences are arrestable, unless not taking a shower for a few days is an arrestable offence. But it seems like normal in your corridor. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> and we're dropping right into it now. Ribbed. Red, how much had you heard of Ribbed
1: before? You know what? I'd heard more of it than some of our previous album reviews. This is their third studio album. Third studio,
0: third full length. Yeah, yeah.
1: One thing I'm noticing as well... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, No Effects are really keen on front-loading the album with a really good opening track.
0: Their starters are uh, are very very good. I I agree.
1: And I think, I believe that so. Uh, Ribbed starts with Green Corn, which yeah. I think is my first favorite No Effects song. Really. Yeah, so like when I got into No Effects, uh, mm-hmm. I think I kind of, you know, I'd heard bits and pieces, but then I basically started with the greatest hits. I just bought the greatest hits, um, sure, just to try and get uh, accustomed to their biggest stuff. Mm-hmm. And after a few listen throughs of No Effects, I remember going like, "So, what do you think is your favorite track of No Effects so far?" And it was Green Corn. I think I think Green Corn is an absolute smashing track. I'd love to hear him play it live more. Yeah.
0: I think they do it on um They've Got an Even Worse Live. Oh, cool. Great. There's a version of it on there. Um I think it is one of the one of the earliest songs that they still throw in. Yeah, definitely. Either because it's the first song on the album it becomes the signifier, becomes the sort of identity. Like um, you know, uh they've said in the past they think so many people rate punk and droblick so highly because it starts with linoleum sure and so it could be a case of you know people think of ribbed and they think of green corn because you think of the first song on the album but well, certainly back for any uh any gen z listening um when we used to use physical media to listen to uh music so sort of, <laughs> there was a, a specific order um it's I, I don't want to sound like i'm uh, being some uh uh sort of anti young person thing but, but i think that that genuinely has shifted as a paradigm of of music consumption so yes, uh,
1: absolutely so absolutely. Uh,
0: i am saying that in a in a, the culture has changed i'm not making any judgement on it because it changed before i got into culture and it'll change long after we're all gone
1: because what one thing i'm noticing is like uh the first track off of ev- every album so far is on the greatest hits uh mm. where I don't think there's anything else on the greatest hits from uh, from uh, Liberal Animation. Maybe Freedom. Maybe I'd be
0: I'd be very surprised, but um... but I know
1: like Day to Days is definitely um, on the greatest hits. So like you know they do clearly consider their opening tracks to be the better tracks on the album. Yeah.
0: Let me see. I'm just I've got the uh, listing up for. Um... Greatest songs ever written by us. Um, Which is a yeah. great, greatest hits. It is, album. yeah. We've got Green Corn, <laughs> uh, Shut Up Already, Liberal yep. Animation. That's the yep. opening one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Day to Days, SM Airlines. And yeah, I'm pretty confident. Yep, they're the only ones off of those two. Yeah. And then how many off of Ribbed? We've got Green Corn. I think that might be it from ribbed as well, yeah, so pre hefe they've got like three three contributions, one from each record, and they are all the openers, yeah, absolutely you you're quite right,
1: so i you know like i like that's clearly been considered you know mm. uh they, they they clearly think it's important to start strong um and I agree with them
0: i th- I think NoFX spend a lot of time on track order for uh albums and yeah it it does show but yeah so
1: and i uh, think that's a good point that you make that it's just less important now um i know i know no effects are still uh you know like um six years on dope uh always jumps out at me as a great opening track off of uh last ditch attempt yes um and so you know, like they they still clearly uh, are in that zone.
0: Oh, I I don't think if NoFX continue to put out records without being a touring band, I think they'll still put out albums as recognisable from the late eighties, nineties, early noughties. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think they're going to just sort of you know drop a couple of tracks on Bandcamp every so often. They'll want to release an act because they like physical media and all the rest of it. So I think that'll still happen with whatever, you know, once they've got the 10 or 12 songs that they're uh, happy with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is 91 that it's come out in. It's
0: released early 91. Um, Oh, in fact, yes, just over, yeah, March, March 91, it was released, recorded in September 1990.
1: Which, uh, annoyingly for you, makes this the first no effect studio album to have been recorded within my lifetime
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm not that annoyed i'm just doing i'm i am I figure sort of you know there should be a big fallout soon because uh we need to <laughs> we need to sort of will they won't they bump up those uh those listens um <laughs> we'll do we'll do we'll do that uh on a on a more contentious topic i think you know get her a bit juicy but um yeah it's the uh it was it's the last one with Steve Kidweiler and it's the last one produced by Brett Gerwitz. Oh, really? That's yes. interesting. Yep. Because Sold.
1: it it feels what I what I'm finding quite interesting with the whole Brett Gerwitz involvement is I find these early albums to be, you know, not dissimilar to their later stuff. And I feel like whilst he may not have worked on the later albums, there's I'm sure there's certainly a few Tricks and tips that they learn off of these formative albums that they've brought to their later studio work. I I think with
0: any creative endeavor, your mm. early experiences are going to shape how you pursue, yeah, it later on. Particularly if you end up doing it for another thirty years. Mm-hmm. So you know that's um, that's sort of the way it is. You know, you can listen to any, and there are thousands of podcasts about creative endeavors. There'll be, you know. There's ones about comedy, there's ones about painting and stuff, you know, anything like that, um, sculpture. And it'll always be about who the first people you sort of came up with, who were your graduating class kind of thing. And so that's always going to, you know, rub off on you, even if you sort of diverge from that point.
1: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. It's, so it's worth mentioning as well, like this one also released on Epitaph.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. This is a an epitaph one. Uh, I don't know when they switched over. It might have been longest line. That might have been the first. I think they. I think for a while they were putting out full albums on epitaph and putting out their sort of EPs and stuff on fat. But mm. I don't quote me on that one. That one's uh, a bit hazy. Um, but yeah, sold eight thousand copies, which is. Just over double the amount S and M Airlines sold when it came out.
1: Wow, that's that's pretty impressive. No,
0: well, I've never, um, I've not sold eight thousand of anything, so yeah, I'm, <laughs> I am impressed.
1: But to to double it from like their previous album, which yeah, you know, like S and M Airlines, but I mean, both of these albums, S and M Airlines and Ribbed, do feel like you know proper, almost you know quintessential NoFX albums. It's um impressive to see them so early in their career.
0: I think ribbed more so than S and M. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, for some reason, this is the first one. Also, I think um the shift the there is a marked improvement in Mike's voice.
1: Sure, yeah, no, I, I'll agree with that absolutely. I think but that, there's yeah. something I I, f- I think I favor S and M Airlines over this one.
0: Oh, really? Okay. There,
1: there's something that I've been trying to put my finger on whilst I've been listening to ribbed mm. where I think it's a little, I think it's a little bit of a departure from the no effects that, that we like right. in that. I think uh, maybe it's, maybe it's just a, I mean, I'm sure, well, you know, artist subjective, so I, I'm sure it just comes down to personal taste, but yeah. there's something about the humor in this album that, uh, th- I mean, there are songs like they are try They are there are there are songs that are meant to be funny, um, yeah. but there's something about the humor that doesn't hit here. And you know, I, I suppose that's a little bit ironic having mm-hmm. that complaint after listening to Liberal Animation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the good thing the, the the thing you can say about
0: Liberal Animation is that if you don't read the words along, it's very hard to tell what any of the words are. So sure. you get to just hear it sonically rather than with any, um, uh, meaning I suppose. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, there's, there's stuff that's sort of more out and out deliberately funny. Well, I mean together on the sand, which, uh, oh, fucking hell. Um, <laughs> it's not my favorite. It just misses for me as, as a joke, but, uh, whatever I've, 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 I'm more familiar with Hefe's version on um, uh, I Heard They Suck Live because they do Together on the Sand into mm-hmm. Nowhere. And I actually really like Nowhere. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, I suppose that's just my broccoli before my pudding, I guess. But
1: I think, like, musically, there are parts of this which are very unfamiliar to me, mm. well, from NoFX anyway, in that, like, there's bits that are... A bit more quintessentially metal, like there's always been the metal influence in NoFX, but Hmm. you know, like the the intro to Food, Sex, and You, oh yeah, yeah. and a lot of brain constipation. Yes, there's there's elements of like you know, almost like quite a straightforward rock and roll that I'm not used to hearing from NoFX. You know,
0: yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. There's that sort of that uh, single string muted. Um, guitar parts, at the in your brain constipation that is a bit more. I mean, it sounds, it's sort of like thrash on the wrong string. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of got a bit sort of ride the lightning y, masters of puppetsy kind of thing. But if you put that on the lowest string, it would sort of be a, a sort of lame Metallica riff. But
1: like, there's, there's bits in this that are almost alkaline trio in the it's the it's you know it's the same genre and wheelhouse that no effects work in but they're just I, my complaint is i feel like there is less humor in this album but i also know that that isn't true because <laughs> i know there's a lot of attempts at humor in this album
0: i i think the the humor might be more placed in just specific songs rather than mm sort of spread across everything yeah and and some of it like the Moron Brothers for example which I really really like
1: yeah it's great um
0: it's also also this is the this album in general is by far and away the most that um they've played with you know the concept of melody so far Mm -hmm. um but so the Moron Brothers is is funny because it's a list of daft and or criminal things that these moron brothers do, right? And that is a laugh, but it's not sort of jokes. It's more of a singing about us thing like that. Yeah. Um, LA is funny in that it's very sort of sneery and sort of rather um, uh, dismissive of, of LA poses. It's also, ironically, it's also the exact same uh, chord sequence as um, uh, Do What You Want by Bad Religion da 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 and the same chord sequence pennywise would use for everything they've ever done
1: oh oh should we make i want to make our listeners hate me oh god the the pennywise album i enjoy the most is the one that didn't have their singer on
0: the one where jim left because he he had to he had to change some nappies
1: yeah, all or nothing is like such a good album, like start I, to finish, like wall to wall bangers. I remember, I remember
0: when that came out, and you said, uh, "I really love this new Pennywise album." Am I all right? I'm like, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> like, I, I, Pennywise have never been one that I've, I've been. Uh, I've, there are some songs I really, really like, mm-hmm. um, and Straight Ahead that album I quite enjoy, um, but it's just they've not been. I don't know why, just not, not. Tick the box for me, much the same way I love Alkaline Trio, and you don't find them to be particularly anything. It's yeah, it's one I, of well, those I, there's things. bits
1: and pieces. You know what? In fact, that, that is a perfect comparison because I, I feel like that about Alkaline Trio. I do like certain songs and I do mm. like bits, but there's something that stops me from enjoying a full album.
0: Yeah, and I I have that whatever it is that particular block with Pennywise. Um, mm. I I do think they are more than. Uh, just uh, do what although they did do a cover of do what you want and um nice. they probably could have not done that and maintained some <laughs> facade <laughs> but anyway um no, I would like here. to
1: hear more of that no effect sorry the 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 pennywise album all or nothing because it's the one they made without jim and yeah. my understanding is like jim has like vetoed them ever playing anything from it live <laughs>
0: Well, it's sort of like their version of it's almost like they became like the descendants slash all they sort yeah. of just got like a new singer in and it was sort of a very different um or, or, or me, fairly different thing and then uh, the original singer said sorry I, i'm I'm ready to come back now <laughs> and um,
1: it's it seem it seems so unfair <laughs> yeah
0: it does a bit i don't I don't know enough about it to um, fully weigh in with uh, with any of that so I don't know but um uh yeah but anyway so uh yeah la being um, sort of quite you know funny in that sense uh, new boobs is sort of outwardly the the most sort of we're writing a song about a silly thing and it's also got the the do-wop bit with just various words for tits in them which yeah sure why not?
1: What Like, <laughs> I'm coming yeah, around to like your why? way of thinking now. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole new boobs thing is just a little bit like, why have you done it for me? Because it, it feels like the start of an idea. I like keep waiting for like the song to start. And it just
0: yeah. Ends. The thing is, is that it sort of feels when you've already had the moron brothers with the do 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 business, and then to only what five songs later have a, a do what bit with all of the you know new boobs boob new boobs boob all that stuff, it's yeah. It, I don't know. It sort of feels like th- that's the same idea twice. <laughs> and I don't think, aside from just sort of playing hardcore or, you know, punk rock or whatever, I don't think we sort of had a same idea twice from them yet. Apart from th- maybe the the vegetarian haranguing on liberal yes. animation.
1: What I was just about to say, do you think that this is kind of an attempt to... Getting back to liberal animation in that, on SM Airlines, I don't believe there's like a novelty song halfway through, unless you probably consider S&M Airlines itself to be a novelty song. Well, and so I, this them I, I to,
0: don't consider SM Airlines to be a novelty song because it's not.
1: I agree it, as well. It's done
0: sort of straightforward. I think it's yeah. done, you know.
1: Um, no, there isn't one. So I wonder if it's just they felt that, you know, a no effects album should have this sort of like, you know, a a silly song in the middle, a novelty Um, song in the middle. Unless you count the Fleetwood Mac cover. Well, that's at the end, isn't it?
0: It is, but it wasn't on the original vinyl.
1: Ah, good point, yeah.
0: So it was added later. So maybe they thought, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, without Go Your Own Way, S&M Airlines is still over 30 minutes. Yes. So it's not sort of filler for a punk album to last more than 30 minutes. I don't think anyway. And certainly could, I don't think they do. But.
1: You could potentially argue that S&M Airlines is like a little bit more musically mature. You know, oh, you've yeah. You've got yeah. like four-minute songs on there. and
0: Maybe, but I think, I think because Mike appears to be more comfortable writing actual melodies. Mm-hmm that maybe you don't need to have so much riffage and music musical ideas and stuff surrounding it if you've actually got a melody you yeah. know the ramones didn't need you know huge long intros or you know that kind of thing it's like the the tunes were good enough that you didn't have to do it that you know you can keep them to under 2 minutes if they're going to be solid like that you know or in in some cases, there's a couple of... There's, well, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of the 14 songs are under two minutes.
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, Uh. And also, Cheese slash Where's My Slice. Uh, that appears to be two songs, and that's two minutes, 16. So, <laughs> you know... <laughs> So that kind of thing. There's not. There's nothing. I mean, the longest we've got here is the Malachi Crunch. That's yeah, still less than three minutes long. So, so is
1: uh, is new boobs not three minutes twenty? Oh, I beg your pardon.
0: You're absolutely right. I'll shut my whole mouth. Which, um,
1: but it doesn't. I don't. Rem- I don't know. Well it doesn't because it strike it's, me as a long song.
0: Well, it's in two sections. It's got the it's got sort of a full length song and then it's got over a minute of the ding 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 ding. So it's... Because it, the song does sort of finish and then they just have this do what bit just added on the end rather mm. than like the um the jaunty bit in Moron Brothers, which is in the middle and acts as a I think I think Moron Brothers is a, a good one to have a look at because it's got lots of different sort of tempo changes and stuff like that to go along with that sort of hardcore vibe from like uh, Day to Days and those very early songs. But they've managed to put that into two minutes,
1: mm.
0: and so okay. I think learning how to condense everything down is a very uh, is a is a good lesson that I think they, they carry forward a lot after this record.
1: Mm. And it's, would I be right in saying this is like the first appearance of like parody doo wop in their studio albums?
0: I think so, yeah. I think it's the first time they've sort of really looked at another genre in a sort of parody, but but have a- attempted to do it properly. It's like Truck Stop Blues, you could argue. mm a bit of sort of you know acousticy folky stuff or whatever, but I think this is the first time they've done a sort of a non a non punk genre, but properly properly inverted commas because mm. they've the people they've got singing on that they've got Jay Bentley of Bad Religion they've got Mark yeah. Curry who uh, wrote Perfect Government that song from. Punk and Drublick. How did the mm-hmm. cat get so fat? Right. And he was also in the uh Dog Patch Winos with Smelly. They were both uh drunks. And also um uh, a young aaron aberta was in his backing band. Oh uh, uh, yes Who's of yeah, course yeah. El Hefe. Uh and yeah, I think would I think after Hefe joined the band, he'd sort of alternate touring with Mark Curry in uh, and that was on like a major label maybe in like a tour bus and hotels and then you finish that and then go on tour with no effects (laughs) in like a car and sleeping in like squats and stuff like that and then said i i like it in no effects better
1: thanks (laughs) wow fair enough yeah
0: yeah it's the story about that in um uh hepatitis bathtub is is very very interesting all the reasons he
1: gives but uh yeah, because I find this um, the inclusion of all of like the doo wop stuff to be quite intriguing. Mm-hmm. Because I-, I wonder if, um, and maybe I'm going out on a limb here, but I-, I wonder if there's any David Lynch influence on this album, because this would have been within uh, nine months of uh, Twin Peaks starting to air, which obviously famously. Does have a lot of um, doo wop Americana sort of like uh, yeah. backing tracks, particularly in its diner scenes.
0: Wh- when was when was um, Twin Peaks released?
1: It was April 1990, Ooh. and this was recorded in September 1990. So yeah, that adds up. You would have thought it would have been in you know a part of the zeitgeist at the time. True, true. I um. I don't know. I mean, it's it's and and also to to um you know Lynch does have strong ties to California as well. Probably less so at this time. You know, I I don't believe um yeah. Lost Highway or Mulholland Drive were out. So so maybe I don't, I'm, no, I'm, no not not this
0: not not early no. I don't know. But, he um... was um he might have been uh, attending some transcendental meditation classes <laughs> in in the area and just giving out <laughs> vibes, that's possible. <laughs> um, <laughs> just revealing I don't really understand what that is. Um, it's the mantra one. doesn't matter. Um, yeah, be, yeah, possibly. I mean, I, I, I suppose I don't know what culture, what other culture there was in general going on at the time in California in 1990. Mm. I'm only vaguely aware of the culture that was going on in the UK in 1990, because I was seven when 1990 ended, so you know, it's um, wasn't really aware of a great deal. I wouldn't Probably like not. to say either way.
1: <laughs> um, so for you, what are your highlights of the album? Um,
0: I think the first three songs I really really like: uh, Green Corn, Moron Brothers, and Shower Days.
1: Oh really? Because for me, like Shower Days, is probably my least favorite on the album.
0: I I really like it because there's actual proper harmonies in there. Yeah, in the chorus line. I also like that it is one of those that just has a single chorus line. Yeah.
1: There's,
0: I don't know why. I think it's very efficient. Um, I I like uh, Nowhere again that. Is that something um, Chaz from Lightyear talked about. Um, Oh no, sorry, it was Robin from um, Random Hand said that uh, the end of Dinosaurs Will Die. We get that ah, Dinosaurs Will Die, and it like like that's the payoff, and you only get it right at the end Mm. of that big big hook. And I think you can see that in Nowhere and in uh, sort of Shower Days uh, on that chorus. Yeah, I also really like the uh, Malachi crunch. Yeah, that's um, a great, uh, the great riff and the tempo changes and all that kind of stuff. And in fact, that brings us to a listener correspondence. Oh, exciting. Because I spoke about, or we spoke about the Malachi Crunch. Oh, no, it was in one of the uh, trivia it, ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I got it because I, I was the answer was just the flu. And I said the Malachi Crunch. And I said, uh, I thought it was about a car crash, but I couldn't Mm -hmm. remember. Well, BM on Insta sent us a message saying the Malachi Crunch lyric is from the TV show Happy Days. Oh. So I was quite wrong. The Malachi brothers are. I mean, hey,
1: Happy Days is a car crash in its own right.
0: <laughs> it became that way. Well, I, I'm technically sort of right because uh, the Malachi brothers are a bad guy demolition derby driver team. Uh, they team up to crunch the opposing cars, right? So, that's what right. hey, yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, our hero, the opposing driver, is Pinky Tuscadero. Was it good? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, loving the podcast, thanks. Well, thank you, BM. That's uh, Highline69 on Insta. Uh, lots of nice uh, photography on uh, on there. I, um, although uh, BM did say, uh, get it back in touch to uh, correct themselves um, because they'd initially said that Susie Quattro had played Pinky Tuscadero.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And that's not true. Uh, it was a different actor. Susie played... Her younger sister, Leather Tuscadero. (laughs) Susie Quattro played, uh, yeah, and uh, I've had a look here, right, uh, and I've gone on to the Happy Days uh, fandom. (sighs) The things I do. Um, uh, Basically, yeah, uh, so yeah, so Pinky Tuscadero. Uh, So, right, this is the full story. Um, Not much is known about the Malachi brothers. It's a good start. They are Spanish in ethnicity, a fact Count Myron plays up to feed his ego, uh, his conquistador legacy. Okay, this was written poorly. He dresses as royalty and often enters the room announcing, let the pigeons loose. (laughs) Jumpy is less eccentric. Okay, so Count Myron and Jumpy, the Malachi brothers. Uh, Jumpy is less eccentric and more smarter somewhat, giving in to his brother's imagination, but they are both still basic street hoods. Mm. (laughs) Oh, he's such a basic street hood. Um, They are given (laughs) to criminal behaviour, with the Count planning their crimes and Jumpy carrying them out. They drive a black Plymouth. Before the 1961 Demolition Derby, and I'm saying it Derby because that's how it's pronounced in America, um, in Milwaukee, uh, because that's how it's pronounced in America, except in Waynesworld where it's pronounced Miliwake, which is Algonquin for the good land. The Malachis renew their feud with Fonzie after he interferes in their slight with Richie Cunningham and his friends. They then turn their anger towards Fonzie and Pinky Tuscadero, trashing Pinky's car so she can't compete. Fonzie repairs Pinky's car just in time to enter the derby as the Malachis take out all the other cars. Fonzie, Pinky and the Malachis become the last four cars. However, Pinky is taken to the hospital after being hit, climbing out of her car to repair it, leaving Fonzie alone with the Malachis. Fonzie avoids the Malachi Crunch... So, that exists. A two-car, brackets, a two-car collision. By feigning engine trouble and letting them take each other out, he then goes after the count and humiliates him in public. In a gesture of humble good sportsmanship, the Malachis pay Pinky's hospital bills before off to Detroit for the next derby. Their later whereabouts is is unrevealed.
1: (coughs) Do you know who Fonzie uses for his car insurance? Go on. I think he uses the
0: AA. I think I think he does. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's uh... even better
0: in the States because um they uh they don't have the Automobile Association because it clashes with Alcoholics Anonymous. They have the American Automobile Association, so they have the AAA. <laughs>
1: I bet they're really annoyed when he keeps making those jokes at the meetings, you know. <laughs> you Mr. Goes- Winkler, please. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Thank you so much for getting in touch, BM. That was uh, set me on the way to um, this little Happy Days um, sidebar. But um, Mike used the Malachi Crunch title as an allegory because the Malachis killed Pinky. Apparently they didn't, BM, so you can take your shrine down. I don't know if you have a shrine uh, to uh, Gone Before Her Time, Pinky Tuscadero, but yeah. So, um, but she was gravely injured by them. She was injured by them, certainly. Uh, I believe she's all right now. Um, although the character <laughs> was just written out almost immediately due to some sort of disagreement with uh, the production team. Which <laughs> is why Leather Tuscadero came in. And she was in a band called Leather and the Suede's lovely yeah it's good it's um just describing the new shoes that have come in at clark's i think but um yeah <laughs> so uh so yeah and i but anyway to get back to ribbed i really like uh the malachi crunch uh if you have any uh uh brilliant sidebars we can go on uh relating to any no effect songs please do send them in uh we'd love <laughs> to hear them uh, you can find us on instagram or um Rock elite podcast at gmail.com uh We'll, we'll, we'll listen to them all the time, no problem. Uh, yes, so those are, are my favourites of this. Yeah. Uh, what about yourself, Red?
1: Um, hmm. Obviously, big fan of Green Corn. Uh, right. I agree with you. The Malachi Crunch is uh, a fantastic closer. And one of their more interesting songs so far, particularly in Arrangement... Hmm. Um, and I agree with you, there's a lot more, you know, melody work on this album. Um yep. A song I really enjoy, and it's, you know, I think it's so far from quint- quintessential no effects. I've mentioned this earlier, but I really like Brain Constipation. Yeah. It feels like a different, I don't know, a different sort of no effects to me, but it, it, I think it sounds great. It's... Um...
0: It, yeah i think it sounds great it's got a sort of a droney thing where it sort of it builds it sort of takes its time and builds and i think mm-hmm. uh i think you sort of see stuff like that even in like really recent stuff like um the big drag yeah you know that's that takes a long time before it kicks in it it really keeps you, yeah, it does. Keeps yeah, you hanging absolutely. on the uh, on the on the build up
1: and i, I think this has got some stuff so I I really like Food Sex and You, right? Because I think it's got such an interesting intro, where yeah. like a quite. I mean, it sounds like I think the intro to Food Sex and You sounds like Kiss. <laughs> well, we had the kiss,
0: um, that kiss sort of drum rhythm on uh, on a song on the last album, which I forget. Mm. Um, it could do it, it I, I think it might do yeah it, but it and it is so different to the to the sort of scary guitar sound once it happens they do that a lot yeah. they sort of have these very disparate sort of unconnected things and it and um i don't know why that is whether it's just like where can this riff go or whether you sort of go right we've got this intro riff now, what's the natural thing to do here? All oh, right, yeah, we'll do the scarfing thing, or what, whatever it is. I really don't know, but um, I I quite like it, but I don't know. There's something, there's some block stopping me from really, really loving it. But yeah, fair. It's uh, it, it's an interesting one. I think this is the this is all songs by Fat Mike except "Together on the Stand." Together on the Sand by Steve Kidwiler. So I don't know whether Steve Kidwiler was just sort of playing this sort of daft, soppy, you know, piss take thing, you know. And they went, hey, yeah, let's put that on the album or or whatever. Live in a Dive version does have Hefe singing together on the sand, but that's been his job for way longer than it was Steve's. Um, the uh, I've, I was Have you listened to the
1: Live in a Dive version as well? I haven't listened to this, no, I'm afraid.
0: Okay. There's not really many differences, um, but a lot less gain on the guitars.
1: That's interesting. And obviously, uh, Live in a Dive does now have, like El Hefe has joined the band.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, li- Live in a Dive was recorded in like 2012, but mm. it was released in 2018.
1: How odd. Yeah,
0: I, I don't know why it doesn't say anything about why there was such a uh, such a uh, sort of uh, delay.
1: Because it's sorry. not like they're even waiting for like a 20th anniversary of Ribbed or anything. Well, no, nope, nope. just um, earlier.
0: just not how later, it was. So it's, uh, so it's sort of interesting. And um, the sort of the main difference, apart from it being Hefe and not Steve, and the you know the production being quite different, is that Mike they clearly didn't do I Don't Want You Around Live very much because uh, Mike doesn't sing it on the live in a dive recording.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cody from The Lillingtons and Teenage Bottle Rocket sings it because it's too difficult to play the uh play the music and sing the song at the same time. So they just got and also, um, as they um, they Hefe said, hey, he was in that other band, so I'm guessing Teenage Bottle Rocket were the support of that particular show. And, cool. Uh, with Mike's love of the Lillingtons, um, so I'm going to get Cody to do it. Although it does just mean that for a long time, Hefe just uh, just keeps on just repeating, <coughs> ready, oh, 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 ready, oh, 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 over and over again, which is really <laughs> funny. Um, I don't know why I find it so funny that he's just making fun of him to his face. But, you know. <laughs> um, you know
1: options? what? I, I can't wait for Teenage Bottle Rocket to tour the UK again. I've been waiting a long time. I saw them support Dropkick Murphys about five years ago. Oh, lovely. Uh, and I can't wait to see them again.
0: Mm. Yes. Um, I was I was hoping we were going to get them as part of uh, NoFX's, um Farewell uh, in Leeds, but uh, but we don't, which is a shame. I think they are playing Slam Dunk though, or maybe I'm wrong. Oh,
1: teenage ball rocket.
0: Maybe they're not. It's. I don't think so. Well, we'll find, I, I'm not sure, but um... I'm going to find out right now. All I, right, I, mean, then let's, I, need, let's I need
1: to know. I need do to this know. in real time. Because the tw- if April. they are, like, I I'd genuinely consider going to that. Um. Oh, I'd consider it, but be. my
0: bank would tell me that that was a foolish undertaking.
1: Holy shit, they are! You're right.
0: Oh, right. Okay, cool. I'm not going. This mad.
1: is th- this is. I'm going to get on my soapbox now. This is a problem I have with uh, punk rock in the United Kingdom. Right. Basically, bands I want to see, they what happens a lot is Slam Dunk gets announced, and Slam Dunk is you know like it's a pop punk uh, festival in the UK but it does have a little bit of uh a younger audience than than, than us two. you know yes. like it's it's a bit more for like you know fans of neck deep and yeah yeah um people who you know uh, fallout boy that that sort of stuff um
0: yes just that's that generation or generation and a half before us but then they'll
1: always always book one or two bands that are like my favorites but then like i'm like well i don't want to go to a full festival to see half an hour of a band i like like yeah they've had the distillers recently uh when i went last time they had the bronx um as well as like the no effect stage which i basically just stayed out all day sure and you know like I, i wish that it made more financial sense for international bands to come to the UK to do a headline tour because the majority of the time they come over and support acts or yep. do festivals. And I just, you know, I, I'd love to go for a night out to see Teenage Bottle Rocket do a full headline set yep. and not for them to come on and do 25 minutes.
0: Or for um, a sort of, a, because basically we've got, slam dunk which is for people a bit younger than us or we've got rebellion yeah and it's like where's our cheese where's my slice is what i'm asking right now (laughs) i'm asking cheese where's my slice
1: well (laughs) i think it's the manchester punk festival do you know what
0: um, i am an ungrateful little child you're right it is the man it is the manchester punk festival and there's so much great stuff there and that is amazing but we have our own legacy bands that we'd like to see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean. It's like it, Fair. it's it's fine because you know, but I mean, you know, Rebellion. You don't need to see Peter and the Test Tube Babies for the ninetieth time. Um, although they're, apparently they're always on hand. Um, but you know <laughs> that Rebellion is just that sort of little bit older than you know. Total respect well, my... for all the bands who are still going, etc., cetera, et cetera. I'm not. Uh, but but for me it doesn't doesn't do much
1: to put it into perspective my girlfriend's dad plays rebellion
0: right yeah
1: you know and he is significantly older than us as you can imagine
0: i should hope so (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah um yeah absolutely that's it in 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 which band uh
1: the white ribbons oh i'm
0: haven't heard of them at all i do apologize
1: they are so, uh, they're really good uh, sort of like um traditional old school punk band hmm. um but a lot of their stuff is about um uh basically against violence against women um oh, okay. so sort of like uh they have a lot of anti domestic rebellion <laughs> themes in their music well he like it's a thing that um um, my girlfriend has mentioned in the you know like sometimes he'll hang out with with bands who have very questionable lyrics
0: <laughs> yes that does happen i think we call that the um, the <laughs> exploited syndrome
1: very good <laughs> yeah
0: that's uh... did, did
1: you my um, mom's cousin was in the exploited for a bit really yeah he drummed for them but oh, well. It's one of those stories that my mum always talks about. But if you do go on Wikipedia, he isn't listed as the one of the twenty drummers they have had. It, it's pretty, so. th- yeah.
0: Well, it's um, I mean, there's the, yeah, there's there is there are a Scotsman of a certain generation who all claim to have been in the Bay City Rollers or some version of it at some point or other, and yeah. it's like, you know, it's that joke about you know the everyone gets a gut being in the uh, in um. Atomic Kitten or whatever, you know. Well, it,
1: it. it's the the Free Trade Hall, isn't it? Sex Pistols at the Free Trade Hall
0: Oh, oh yeah, um, yeah,
1: trope. Which, funnily enough, I was watching the one show the other day with Mick Hucknall, who is one of the Manchester legends cited to have been at the Free Trade Hall gig.
0: He didn't learn much from it.
1: He admitted live on the one show. He wasn't there. He didn't go.
0: Oh, really? Wow.
1: <laughs> I mean, you could tell by his output, but, you know... <laughs> My
0: love and fire coming home to you. I don't
1: know, mate. Have you not heard John Lydon sing Stars? Fall from the stars. Yeah. To be fair, John Lydon doing... John Lydon singing Simply Red is basically what Public Image Limited sounds like to me.
0: Oh, my God. You've <laughs> cracked it. Everything's falling. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because McHughnall always started his song by saying "hello" for, for twenty five minutes. <laughs> uh.
1: Have you seen um, Public Image Limited have just announced uh, their latest UK tour? I think today. Okay. And the dates—it it is the strangest collection of dates and venues I've ever seen. They're like doing—they're doing venues and towns I didn't know existed. <laughs> uh, they're doing, they're doing Lincoln's Engine Shed, which is a lovely big venue. Yeah. But then like they're doing Torquay and they're doing somewhere called Buckley. Buckley. Yeah. And Blackburn. It's like six
0: different places just blended together. Buck- <laughs> yeah. is it, is,
1: they're not doing mm-hmm. like any like major cities. It's like, I don't know. It's so strange.
0: I, I assume there must be reasons for this. I don't know.
1: Like, they're not even uh, doing is, Sheffield, and they haven't it, played Sheffield in decades. Is John Lydon
0: still technically banned from, like, loads of places just because of the Sex piss? They've never just take the council have never <laughs> removed his name, and uh, and they're just, it's just an oversight, like, oh, I don't know why he's not come here, we, we'd have had him.
1: Oh, no, he's still banned. I recently came very close at the venue I work at to booking John Lydon for a Q&A. Oh, really? Uh, that almost happened. Um, But unfortunately, the dates didn't work out. Uh, Uh, But I think that would have been a great event. It would have been interesting. Yeah. I'm one of the few people who's a little bit of a John Lydon apologist in that I agree that he is saying some awful and stupid things. But I would put to you, hasn't he always done that?
0: I mean, no, that is his stock in trade. He is... um... Uh, he is a. Um, what is the word? Um, cunt. No, oh, he might be a cunt. I don't know about that, though. Um, I don't know if he's a. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely an arthur. He's asshole, a contrarian. That's it. I am a contrarian, uh, is what uh, <laughs> I believe he is. Yeah. Uh, he will, again. I've said it before and I'll say it again. He's the sort of person who thinks that saying you like something in a stupid voice is like a massive slag. Yeah, I love that. I thought that was brilliant. Oh, yes. Oh, hilarious. Yeah.
1: Mm. It's like, (laughs) wow. (laughs) He thinks uh, that sarcasm is the highest form of wit. He thinks that it's the most cutting, certainly.
0: He thinks (laughs) that, you know, it's like, I wouldn't like to be whoever I just burned um like it'd be awful in a like john Lydon in a roast battle <laughs> oh i must say i think your shoes and weight are perfectly normal and good actually mm. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's, i don't do roast battles as a comedian but i might do it one day if anyone asks me i might just do it as john lyden and see how successful i am not at all i imagine but um yeah, no, I think q and A Q&A with John Lydon would be interesting. Obviously, as is, is, uh, as of recording, his his uh, wife has uh, only just recently passed away, which is a, a tremendously sad uh, state of affairs. Absolutely, and she, in yeah. fact, um, I say this, I've complete Nora—that's her name. Um, she was responsible for pretty much a third of the London punk scene, actually having somewhere to live cuz <laughs> okay. she was um was it um either Viv Albertine or um mm-hmm. uh, Ari Up, uh it was her mum right and uh, like palm olive and all all the slits lived there at some point members of the clash yeah. lived there uh, cuz i think viv albertine went out with Mick Jones for a while and he sort of um i think he encouraged her to play music and um joe strummer went out with palm olive um it was called paloma she was from spain is from spain she went on to form the raincoats as well um but he went out with her which is where his obsession with all things spanish came from mm. uh hence him fleeing to granada when he was uh, had enough of uh, the uk and um uh spanish bombs and stuff like that because she'd come from franco's spain she'd come from a fascist dictatorship and and uh like but um yeah uh john Lydon's wife i think like she helped she helped out like Jimi hendrix and stuff she'd helped out like the previous generation of of london-based uh, music stars so hugely important uh person who very rarely gets uh, her due so and that's just from me um half remembering all of this stuff so yeah look look into her she's worth looking at she'll uh, she's had a huge impact on all of these things and is one of the reasons that we're talking about this today you know so um, so no I I think yeah I think um, I know you you are an apologist for John Lydon in the sense that you
1: sort of go I think it is quite funny that he says stuff to annoy people I, I, uh, my only my only thing is uh, i think that a lot of people's criticism of john lyden is like oh i can't believe he's saying all this stuff hasn't he changed and i go i, I think he's one of the most consistent people in music in yes. terms of his beliefs i think that he has always said things just to annoy people i don't oh, yeah. think that he's said much that he genuinely believes in and i i, ju- I just see this as a continuation of that
0: yes i agree um I think uh, it's that thing of the the person who's just always going to take the contrary position to whatever is being said. Um, yeah, it's it's not sort of outside of that sort of 77 initial burst of punk. I don't really find John Lydon a wildly interesting person to talk about, I must say. Sort of his his mm. contribution to that sort of thing happened and like that initial punk thing it it burnt out very quickly but it was sort of designed to it had obsolescence built into it
1: yeah um if you take my meaning on that um i'd also like to say at this point that i've checked the slam dunk lineup and i can confirm that teenage bottle rocket are the only band i would like to see (laughs) who else is on there you know, like, uh, you know, your headliners, uh, Enter Shikari, Offspring, no. uh, you know, Bowling for super main support, Less mm. Than Jake. Oh, I like Less Than Jake. Gainesville Rock City.
0: Mm. That's hooky AF.
1: But is that not one of the ones that I've listened to? <laughs> I don't know. No, it's, um, it's I don't a know, song,
0: not a, not a full record, but. Oh, was, okay, sure. I was just pulling out, pulling out a song, um, that one's uh yeah no that one's good um but I, I i again i'm i i've they're really good live um yes they're possibly one of those bands that have yet to quite catch it catch the magic in a bottle
1: i kind of think like uh the mad caddies are my less than jake <laughs> fair enough you wouldn't be alone <laughs> and, in and i have and i have seen them at slam dunk actually and when they they were on a they, they performed on the No Effect stage yeah. uh, with Bad Religion and the Bomb Pops. Uh, mm. It was a pretty good day, actually. Yeah, sounds it. Um, hey, before we wrap up uh, the podcast, any final thoughts on Ribbed? We should talk about Ribbed, shouldn't we? Um,
0: I feel that this is somewhere between a natural progression and a bit of a rush job. Okay yeah my eyes just keep coming back to together on the sand thinking mm-hmm. why is that in there <laughs> it's not very funny that sort of sours it for me a little bit live it's a bit more understandable in that there's an actual audience to like laugh at it if you see what i mean it's like more interactive yeah you know yeah um and so i think that of a lot of sort of like comedy Songs, it's like live. That is probably kind of funny because people will be reacting to it. But on record, it's like it must have just got less and less funny every time they went. Okay, we'll take that again. Okay, okay now we're going to sit down. We're going to produce, produce this, put the effects on it, all the EQ and all the rest of it. And it's like I don't know. But um, overall, I'd say we've seen a huge leap in uh, melody. In Mike's ability to write and perform them. Yeah. I think that's notable. Um, I think, yeah, stuff's getting, like, melodies are getting catchier and we start to see a few genuine classics. I think, like, The Moron Brothers is still a very, very popular no effects song. Mm. And And for good reason, I think.
1: I feel like going back to I, I know i've made this point before mm-hmm. but I, I feel it again with this album i would love if their upcoming dates uh where they are playing two back-to-back albums if they chose an earlier album and then a later album like i would love uh, to go and see them have done ribbed start to finish followed by you know uh punk and just because i i'd love to see the band that no currently are play these songs I think it'd be really interesting
0: yes well I think well I mean the the funny thing is is that even the uh, the ribbed live in a dive is the recording is 10 years old
1: mm. and yeah, I mean like I say I, I I know like um this is a request that I've had but maybe they've made the decision of what albums to play out of consideration for El Jefe because obviously like he wasn't a part of the creative process on these earlier albums
0: no, but um, I think equally that's just because they were earlier albums, and and as Mike has said on many occasions he he feels that they're the most improved band, you know their their stuff yeah. from well, I mean, to be honest, I think we sort of we enter vintage era on the next release, which is the longest line which features hefe and and again while there's still uh, improvement to be done <clears throat> while there's still improvement to be done it will um, it will be um, more noticeable of, of who and what they are I think
1: hmm absolutely
0: but yeah so what what about you know, so yeah that's uh you, yeah, you'd like to see. And again, I, I'm very interested in seeing current NoFX playing old NoFX.
1: Yeah, I think that would be really nice to see.
0: And I think those thoughts have been put in our heads by the fact that this tour has been made up to look like a retrospective. Because they're not doing the Metallica thing of having a set set list that they perform every show. Mm-hmm. They're not doing a Greatest Hits finale. I mean, the thing is, is that I don't know how long they'll be p- performing for, but say they do 90 minutes. If yeah. they do two albums, there's still half an hour left of, well, presumably chit chat. but also there's half an hour of, song, you know, it's unlikely they're not going to play Bob.
1: Yeah, you, you the, feel very strongly that, that um, even though they've announced like these albums, basically just them playing two albums back to back, you you do think there's going to be like, you know maybe a a five song encore section or something like that yeah because yeah i think
0: that a song like bob which they rarely don't play yeah if they don't do white trash then they're not doing bob and i think that seems unlikely hmm. but 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 again we don't know we might find out uh, would i be devastated to not hear them do bob again live um i don't know I can't tell at the time. I might be all right. Later on, I might feel. I I couldn't say. That's just the uh, the difficulty, I suppose. But um, yeah. So uh, ribbed. Would you uh, Would you recommend?
1: I would to fans of No Effects. Um, I think it's probably the first album that I would recommend to someone who is unfamiliar with them. Um.
0: This is the first one you'd give to uh, someone going in uh, unaware.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think um, I agree. I think the S and M Airlines is almost there, but like I just think, um, I think people can get their heads around this. I think it's a good introduction to them. I,
0: I think the, I think the improved vocals are what do it because yeah, although the voice. Quality, it still has that sort of slightly flat nasal. All of the things people say about Mike's voice, but he's actually, broadly speaking, in tune. Yeah, at this one and the and everyone and the everyone doing the backing vocals sounds great. All the rest of it, and so I think that that is um, where the big leap. This is the great leap forward, I think. Hmm. And then I think they take another substantial leap forward when Hefe joins the band.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And a uh, final bit of fun little trivia for Ooh. this album. Um, so I believe Eric Sandin has been having different... He, he goes by different code names oh, yeah, on yeah. studio albums up um, up until later. So on this album, he is uh, cited as a groggy nod beggar. Yes, <laughs>
0: yes, I, d- I, d- I don't know. <laughs> like, there's some. I think there's one where he's called like um, "Her breath stinks," like her breath stinks written down. Well, he, but... he
1: was called Eric Shun, as in Shun yes. on I mean, Sydney Airlines. <laughs>
0: yeah, the thing is, Eric Shun—that's like old school, seventy-seven bad taste nickname, like. London scene, you know. Yeah. Well, I I believe
1: uh, it reminds me of uh, Queens of the Stone Age during Lullabies to Paralyze. Their bassist, who I believe was just one of their studio engineers, um, his stage name was Dan Druff.
0: (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Well, had um, Your Man from the Dwarves left at that point?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. By Lullabies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think the first album without him. Because I think... He,
0: in the Dwarves, went by Rex Everything.
1: Oh, really? What, Nick Oliveri?
0: Yes, yes, I think so. I think I'm right in saying that. Uh, Because the Dwarves were all about, you know, um, aliases and stuff like that, weren't they?
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, I'm a big fan of Nick Oliveri, the bassist Mm -hmm. from Queens of Stone Age. His solo musical output and his stuff with um, Mondo Generator is... Really good music, but I understand he is a bit of a shit as a person. Yeah, but I, I mean, know, I, I think, I,
0: I think, uh, well, I mean, um, knocks around with uh, Josh Homme, who's apparently an anus as well.
1: Well, famously, not
0: yeah, yeah, well,
1: and like they they fell out. Supposedly, supposedly, Nick made uh, Brody Dahl. Feel a little bit uncomfortable backstage and so right. Josh kicked him out of the band supposedly for something to do with that
0: Gosh, well, she's had a rough time I mean, we could just turn into a gossip um, podcast let us know if that's the sort of thing you want to hear more from us because yeah, because um, we just love to dish <laughs> uh, We're going to break out the uh, Gary Barlow organic rose that I saw in B&M Home Bargains the other day um, <laughs> glug that down like a big couple of chatty turfs and um, so that's what we'll do <laughs> we'll continue this in the outro so uh, Ribbed um, it gets a tentative single thumbs up from me uh, yeah. but is definitely a uh, a stepping stone onto something very worthwhile absolutely so next time I think I think we'll do Let's do the first year of Hefe. We'll do The Longest Line and White Trash.
1: Uh, longest, okay, yeah, together. Long,
0: longest Line is five songs. It was released the same year as White Trash, Two Heaps and a Bean. So we'll just call it The Year of Hefe and yeah. do those two for the next um, in-depth album looks. Good idea. Yes, cool. Um, yeah, if you have any feelings on ribs, uh, give us a shout. Podcast at gmail.com or the Instagram and um, we'll see you in the outro. And that was ribbed. Well, I think we certainly got to the bottom of that. Absolutely. That that was ribbed for your pleasure, listeners. Red, we have been talking for nearly an hour and a half. <laughs> and you've been sitting on that.
1: <laughs> well, I mean As 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 it were, sorry. For my pleasure then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, I uh, I just <laughs> heard what I said. No, you're quite right. Um,
1: uh, lovely.
0: As I as I learned, um, sometimes um, sexual abuse can take the form of unwanted sexual conversation, <laughs> and I think I just did that. And I'm sorry. You've only just got out of prison, and I'm
1: have we got giving... have we got a HR department at Punk Rock Elite? It is, I but sadly to... it's
0: me, and I, I take a <laughs> dim view of me being criticised. Uh, <laughs> anyway, as you know, the HR department is to protect the company, not the employee. Yes, good chat on um, on uh, Ribbed, I think. I'm looking forward to the next one, because Absolutely, uh, yeah. we're entering Hefe uh, Land.
1: Absolutely, yeah. We're going we're gonna to listen to um, Longest Line EP, and yep. then um, White Trash, Two Heaves and a Bean.
0: Yes, and that's that's uh, very exciting. I hope, dear listener, that it's not seemed like we've been trying to get through these ones to get to the stuff we're really interested in, <laughs> because it might feel that way, because we always talk about what the band will become and all that kind of thing. But we we genuinely have enjoyed listening to these sort of three hefe full full-lengths
1: Absolutely, and I'm really looking forward to the next episode because we get to dive straight into, as you've coined, hefe Land. You know, the Hefe-land, first, yes. the first introduction of, um, you know, one of our favorite members of No Effects. I say Absolutely. one of our favorite. We like all of them. <laughs> yeah, no, we do. Yeah, but uh, I think uh, this
0: is when it sort of, when it sort of solidifies. I, I yeah. sort of feel like those previous versions of No Effects were quite transient. Absolutely. And in sort of eight year, eight or nine years, first eight or nine years of No Effects, there were three-piece. They had uh, they had a different singer for a little while. They had just like someone who sang on their own, and I think he passed away. They've had these sort of two main guitarists in Dave Casillas and Steve Kidwala. And then for the last 30 years, which is... Way longer than some bands, you know, last at all. Let alone with the same consistent lineup. Mm. You know that. Yeah, that's a big deal. So that's super exciting. Thank you so much for listening. We really, really appreciate it. Um, keep all of your uh, comments, queries, questions, and what have yous coming in. Uh, Punk Rock Elite Podcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram. Thank you ever so much. Any parting words, Red? Just everybody have
1: a good day.
0: Yeah, I think that's not too much to ask. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah, go on. Yeah, have a good day. You're quite right. In the words of Red, have a good day. Um, And we will see you next time on Punk Rock Elite. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Punk Rock Elite. It was a pick-scraped and fruitcake co-production by Eddie French and Red Redmond. If you're not following us on Instagram or subscribe to the podcast, please do. The main theme and production was done by Eddie French. Please contact us at punkrockelitepodcast at
1: gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you.